This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Uh. I'm Seth Peterson. Hi, I'm Debbie Hedren. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Josh Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talkin' Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is... Well, hello there. This is Jalyn Sidlow from Celestial Custom Dog Services. Here to answer your training questions, your behavior questions, and if you have those uh, pet-sitting questions, pick up the phone and give us a call at 844-305-7800. When you call into that number, you'll speak with birthday boy himself, Mr. Darian. That's (laughs) 844-305-7800. The show is produced here at the farm by... Seven weeks. Thank you, Devin. We have a special guest coming up. Her name is Becky Robinson, and she's with Alley Cat Allies. Once again, you're listening to Talkin' Pets. you're listening to Talking Pets, we'd like to hear from you. The number is 844-305-7800. Again, 844-305-7800. I want to welcome on to the program a dear friend. She's been on with this before, Becky Robinson. Hey, Becky, how you doing? Hi, John. I'm doing well. I'm really happy to be here. Looking forward to talking to you about how we are helping cats with our non-lethal management programs and other programs during this horrible pandemic. I want to introduce you in the studio here with me is Jilly and Devin. Hi, Becky. Hi. Hi, Jilly. 
And again, um, of course, all of America tuned in right now when we want to find out a couple of things. And um, first off, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, and I know we're going to also talk about COVID with cats as well. But, you know, I actually um, found a, a stray kitten. And actually, my friend Joe did, and he ca- contacted me. Make a long story short, I ended up taking the kitten in. I was going to adopt her and raise her, but she passed away on July 9th. And it devastated I'm me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, oh, it, you know, devastating, isn't it? It is. I mean, I fell in love with her. Um, I would lay there on the couch and watch TV. She'd run up my stomach and into my chest, and she would bump her head up to me all the time. And I couldn't even. I talked about it last week a little bit on the show. And to be honest with you, I I started bawling like you know a little baby. But um, it hurt a lot. Um, you know, I I just I felt like I saved the life, and I and she was so adorable, and I wanted her so bad. There were so many things that trying to raise a kitten at such an early, you know, between the age of four and five weeks that many people don't know about that, you know, they need their mother so much. And I'm hoping that you can shed some light for people. Can you let people understand if they well, find first, a kitten what to do? Yeah, I can. But first of all, what was the name of this little kitty? Misty, I called her. Misty. What'd she look like? Um, she was a tuxedo. She was all black. She had the oh. little tuxedo white under the chin and everything. She had that milk mouth where she had a line of white underneath her lip. Mm-hmm. And then she had four white paws. Well, that sounds beautiful. The very first cats that Alley Cat Ally started working with was in an alley in Washington, D.C., and they were all black and white tuxedo cats. And you know what? We are um, celebrating. We started in 1990. We're 30 years into this. And we've learned a lot, and we want to, our whole goal is to try to help others so nobody has to reinvent the wheel. So um, we, when it comes to kittens, for example, you're absolutely right. You made a statement that, that the best care they can get is from their mother, just like a, a human baby. Mm-hmm. So when you see, we do have a program, um, we call it uh, Leave Them Be, and, and here's why. I mean, it gets you know, you have to have common sense and you have to use judgment and you have to learn that if there are kittens outside, their mother might be around. Now, of course, if they're in danger or something, you want to step in, you want to intervene. But um, we ask people to like, if they find the kittens in a nest, um, maybe sprinkle a little white flower around. The mother is probably going to come back. She's not going to come back. If you're there uh, standing around or if you're too close to them, you have to leave the area and maybe you know, watch them from, you know, your, your kitchen window or from your car window or something. And then you can tell the paw prints if the mother comes back for them. And you can wait. She might be gone for hours. That's, um, that's not advice. completely unusual. That's a good idea. Very good that, idea. Yeah. The one the one thing with Misty, um, when she climbed up on my friend's porch, uh, my friend Joe's porch, and she was there for about two or three days, um, no mother. Oh. And uh, on the day that he contacted me, it was, I believe, the third day because he was worried because she was only a little baby kitten. And um, he asked me what to do and make a long story short. Like I said, he, he put the kitten on Facebook on, or on, I'm sorry, on FaceTime on his phone. And I was I saw her and I was like, oh, she's adorable. But then all of a sudden on the other side, he said, oh, there's a possum coming up on the porch. And I said, you need to go out and get rid of that possum because that possum's up on your porch because he's going to eat the kitten. And um, sure enough, you know, the the possum was after the kitten, but, you know, he got the kitten to come in the house, which was hard in in, in itself because the kitten was feral, you know, and she just had no mm-hmm. idea of who he was or what was going on. 
But right, make a long story right. short, af- after a while, and I checked to make sure I took her to the doctor and made sure that physically she was okay and okay to put next to my cats or my my existing cats, and um, everything seemed fine. But it was like a downhill climb from then on. Like she had her days, Becky. She was like up and down. She'd run around. She would eat like a pig, and then there was those days where she was lethargic, and and it was just you know. There were more good days than bad, I will say that. But when I took her to the vet, you know, um, it, it was tough. And the last day, I, I rushed her to the vet because she collapsed. Um, and the thing was is that uh, we were going to take her to the emergency vet, but they wanted $1,000 a night for the kitten. And it ended up that my one friend vet, Dr. Katie, she's part of the show, she took the kitten home for me on IV and everything, which was remarkable. And she stayed up all night with that kitten, and um, but it just didn't make it to the next. You know, the next day it passed away, and um, it hurt. You know, it hurt a lot. Well, you know, a lot of people, um, it it, it is first of all, it it does. It's very, you know, it, a lot of people give their time and 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 money and hearts to these animals, and I do want to say that it it can be very rewarding. I mean, there's a lot of they're very fragile. Um, I have myself. People have brought me kittens. Um, I sometimes I don't even know where they're from. And um, I had one in particular that that I tried to to save, and he didn't make it. Um, he died in in my hands. But there's also incredible programs now. I mean, we have to remember that there's you know people out there doing all kinds of incredible things. And um, we're really, really there's a national kitten coalition that we work with, and. Um, we have their webinars on our uh, website, alleycat.org. And people can go and watch these webinars anytime they want, um, alleycat.org, and learn how, you know, all the ins and outs about kittens and what to do and not do. And Be- uh, raising them, raising them Be- can't Becky, die. hold hold on to that thought because we got to take a little break, but we're going to come back with you. We're speaking with Becky Robinson. She's a purebred, orange and white, Brittany. But when we adopted April, she started scratching like crazy. I said, what you put into a dog is what you get out. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. So we added a huge scoop of Dynavite in her bowl. She looked it clean. She loved it. Her coat is now soft. It's silky. Dynavite is nutrition. You get some Dynavite. How happy your dog will be. On Dynavite. She's Little Miss Hollywood. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Germany was having trouble. What a sad, sad story. Needed a new leader to restore its former glory. Where, oh, where was he? Where could that man be? We looked around and then we found the man for you and me. And now it's springtime for Land is happy and gay. We're marching to a faster pace. Look out, here comes the master race. Springtime. So, did you I know? Mel Brooks. <laughs> I know, so do I. Did you know that Hitler had a pet alligator? Um,. No, and I think that that story might be fiction. 
But although I wouldn't put it past them to have something like that. The Bronx Zoo said it got it from the Bronx Zoo and and to and to feed people to it. You know, come on. So I think did you say that that alligator was eighty years old when it died? I think it was eighty. Eighty-four. Eighty-four year old alligator. Be. I mean, that would follow in the lines. Well, they they are our dinosaurs of today, basically. So. And they are carnivorous. (laughs) Well, we're speaking with. Becky Robinson, and she is with Alley Cat Allies. Now, Becky, you were talking about um, on your website that you've got a webinar, a webinar on there actually that people can check out about you know finding out more about their you know lost kittens and all. And I think that's fantastic. And your website, just so people know again, um, is alleycatallies.org. Is that right? It's Alley. It's just simply alleycat.org. That's A L L E C A T. Alleycat.org. Okay. Okay, alleycat.org. So you can find out a lot more information about there. And, of course, if you want to make donations, uh, you're a cat lover and a cat fan, you can make donations because they do a lot of good. But I want to find out, too, we were talking about the kitties, and thank you for that information. Uh, But it is a true fact, of course, as you said, that kittens of a young age do need their mother. Um, And I know a lot of them do not survive um, if they're taken away from the mother too young. But you wanted to talk about a little bit about the uh, the pandemic that's going on. And um, you're hearing from animal protection organizations across the country. What about the situation of cats, like feral cats in the pandemic? Should people be feeding them, taking care of them, or, or is oh, there absolutely. a worry there? Oh, yes, there's a, a big worry. I mean, things have certainly changed on one hand uh, since uh, March and April. Uh, but even then, you know, people... When there were, um, it was required, when people required to, to stay at home, um, it was not illegal. In fact, it was, um, perfectly fine for caregivers to leave their home and, of course, with social distancing, go and take care of their, the community cats. But a lot more people are in need. You know, we're hearing from organizations that didn't, that had to close down, like they had to, to close their doors for temporarily. And it's, it was a difficult time because there were so many spring fundraisers that a lot of groups did not conduct. And so groups called us for help. Um, they are providing. We're really, what we're doing is normally what we do is we go in and we help shelters create life-saving programs. A lot of shelters still, people don't know that more cats enter shelters and more of the cats who enter shelters, um, more cats enter shelters than dogs. And uh, a lot of them are still killed. More cats than dogs are killed in shelters. And so these programs are vital, but during the pandemic, uh, many of these programs have been um, uh, obviously paused so we can step in and take care of the needs. There's people who need food. We have created, um, uh, giving away, we have been giving away cat food, uh, cat litter, dog food. We've teamed up with Feeding Florida, for example, but we've provided emergency funding of more than $200,000 to organizations across the country so they can do the same. And uh, we're doing this in New Jersey. We're doing this all over the country. That's fantastic. You know, one of the things I want to ask you, too, about um, what's your what's your beliefs and your comments? I, I, I pretty much know what they are, but just so you let people know out there about the trap and release programs. Yeah, so so ever since we started, we were the first ones in the country to start promoting trap need a return. So if people don't know what that is, it's perfectly normal for cats to live outside. Obviously, there are cats who live in our homes. And there are millions of them, but they're also cats called community cats. They're, the, they're not different breed. They are all the domestic cat. So we promote a management that is effective because for decades, 
we had our funding for animal control rounding these cats up and taking them to a facility, a shelter, and, and putting them down and killing them. And that is not only cruel, it doesn't work. We still have cats. And we will always have cats who live among us, but we can intervene, thank goodness, for spay and neuter. So the cats are taken to a veterinarian after they're spayed or neutered, male or female is it neutered, uh, female is spayed, and then they're vaccinated. And while they're under anesthesia, they're ear-tipped, and that's their identification. So you can see that they've been to a vet, and they're returned to exactly where they were trapped. Um, they're not brilliant. They're not taken someplace else. They're returned. Right. Let me ask so, you this, too. Do you have information about this for people across the country if they want to get involved in that? Because I would imagine, like, many people would. Yeah. You know, you go to our website, alleycat.org, and um, sign up. Or um, there's a way on there that you can send us an email. It will um, reach us. I think it's a little form. Um, But there's a lot of information on our website. And right now, so many people, though, um, you know, they're out of jobs. This is a very, very, very difficult time in the world. And so what we've done is we've, we've shifted gears and we have created not only this emergency funding, but on alleycat.org, we have resources for people in case they are needing resources. We have a list of food banks all over the country. We have every single state listed. Um, if people can't find help there, they can contact us. Uh, we're also monitoring and sharing recommendations about what you do with your cats and dogs uh, from the CDC and World Health Organization, and we've been monitoring the stay-at-home and shelter-in-place restrictions, which meant what we, our attorneys, found is nothing is preventing people from leaving their homes and going and caring for community cats. Now, there are a lot of caregivers who can't get out. They don't feel comfortable or they can't get out, and so a lot of other people have stepped up, and thank goodness we do need help. We do need volunteers to, to help care for these community cats when so many people are at home right now. Well, Becky Robinson, I want to thank you for joining us and getting the information out about it. Um, alleycat.org. Go visit her website. You'll find out a lot more of what the programs are all about and how you can get involved if you wish or if you want to donate as well. Becky Robinson, thanks so much for joining us in this segment of Talking Pets. Uh, thank Bye-bye. you, Becky. Very informative. Thanks. Thank you. Bye You're now. more than welcome, and thank you for the information. This is Talking Pets. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Well, it looks like PETA is at it again. A representative for the people for the ethical treatment of animals explained why the organization wants people to change the way they speak about their pets. Jennifer White, a senior media officer at PETA, spoke on Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan and co-host Suzanne Reed about using the term pet to refer to one's domestic animals. According to White, the animals' rights organization feels pet is a derogatory term and suggested people should stop using it since it's non-animal friendly language. She stated, a lot of people at home who have dogs or cats will call them pets and refer to themselves as owners. And this implies that the animals are a possession, like a car, for example. When you refer to animals, not as they're living beings they are, but as an inanimate object, it can reflect our treatment of these animals. The hosts were de- definitely not buying into the attempted social movement over the debate for various phrases that PETA wants to change. This isn't the first time PETA suggested using a new word or phrase for it to be less animal-centric. PETA argued words like idioms that involve meat products are offering vegetarians and vegans. For example, instead of saying flogging a dead horse or killing two birds with one stone, the organization wants people to say feeding a fed horse or feeding two birds with one scone. Still in regards to the pet situation, White stated that PETA doesn't necessarily hate the word, but is only encouraging people to use companion instead. Fighting back, Morgan stated PETA would have to change the name of its organization since the title contains the word pet. But White noted that it doesn't apply to the company's name since PETA is an acronym. She stated the word pet is not offensive. We're not telling anyone it's offensive. Animals aren't offended by it. We're not offended by it. PETA founder Ingrid Newark also suggested that our language be adjusted when we describe certain animals, indicating that domestic animals are a call individual with emotions and interest. Animals are not pets. They are not your cheap burglar alarm or something which allows you to go for a walk. They are not ours as decorations or toys. They are living beings. How we say things govern how we think about them. So a tweak in our language when we talk about them and animals would be in our homes that is needed. Seems to me like PETA has too much time on their hands and are trying to change the impossible. I get you're trying to save animals. I am totally in your favor. But honestly, pet is just a word. I really don't see how you are connecting the dots here. For Talking Pets, I'm Jalen Sidlow. You know, it's interesting because <laughs> I know sorry. I know Ingrid. You know uh, I have something to say. <laughs> yeah, but I know Ingrid with PETA, and, you know, I mean, I love PETA's got a lot of good things that they do. Yes. Um, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, a good friend of ours on the show, uh, Bob Barker, is also a very good friend with Ingrid, mm-hmm. um, and he puts a lot of money towards PETA, the organization. 
and they do a lot of great causes, but some of the things that they do are silly. And, you know, I kind of think, is it more so for publicity or not? But, you know, it made me think when you were reading that story about, okay, PETA doesn't want to use the word pet anymore. But on the show, I know you have a habit sometimes of saying your son. I was just going to, that's um, what I was going to bring up. Or, you know, or your child. And I have to specify, because we're not visual. Right. That's that my dog. It's your dog. Mm-hmm. So, because if you say your son, people are going to think she keeps her son in a cage, you know. <laughs> my boy. You know, and the <laughs> thing is, like, so in, in in language, the way it is, I think it would be too screwed up to use anything other than pet. Um, but, I mean, I can, I see where she's coming from. But instead of using, you know, I've got two cats and they're pets of mine. I got two cats and they're companions of mine. Some people will think, like, what do you mean by companions? Well, okay. And in the show <laughs> world, um, you know. I got called out so many times for, you know, my, you know, my boy, my male, my dog, because they want us to refer to them as bitches and sires so that it's, you know, in quotes, female dog, know who male you're dog. talking about and that it's your pet, it's your bitch or your sire and not to use it by their names. Um, so, get, you know, everywhere you go, somebody's not going to like what, how you say things. No, it's I very just, true. And I personally, I don't care what people think when I, so say, you know, oh, my son is so cool. He's the best dog in the world. I, it doesn't bother me. That's not my problem. That's theirs. But to America, like when you're on the show, it gets a little confusing. So I try to. I Oh, no, because you have corrected me for so long. And it's um, we're going on 10 years now that I always put the pet's name in there <laughs> and say the breed. And I, so I have learned my lesson. Xerxes, <laughs> my, you know, like my Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. Um, my male know, Rottweiler. Winter, my cat. Mm-hmm. Um, so stuff like that. Devin, what do you have uh, at home? Uh, we have a chihuahua. A chihuahua? Yes. What's what? Female, male? Female. Uh, she's 13 years old. Oh, and wow. she runs your household, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a very good security system. What's her name? Taco Bell? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's Roxy. Roxy. Oh, that's, well, that's a good cool. Name. I like that name, actually. Where'd you, what, where'd you come up with that? Uh, it, I inherited the dog through marriage. <laughs> My oh, wife's okay. dog. So she got it when she graduated high school. Okay. I like her. Roxy. That's cool. I like that. Hey, I want to give a welcome out there to WBCR AM 1470 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Harry and the gang, welcome to Talking Pets. Good to have you on with us there in Knoxville, Tennessee. So I'd like to hear from you guys. The number is 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800 if you've got a training question or a behavior question. but um, So pick up the phone and, and give us a call. 844 844- 305-7800-844-305-7800. That's the number to call. Julie's in the house. I'm here. So if you want to ask a training question or a behavior question, or even if you have a pet sitting question, uh, Julie's got that down too. So she can answer that as well. When you call in, you'll speak with Mr. Darren himself. So pick up the phone, give us a call. 844-305-7800. 844-305-7800. And once again, you are listening to Talkin' Pets. And don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook Live at Talkin' Pets Radio. At Talkin' Pets Radio on Facebook Live. And this is Talkin' Pets. Marilyn Monroe. Happy birthday. To you, 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday to you. So, President Sims, how does it feel to be President of the United States? Well, John, I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> Feels good, man. I feel great. You, Happy birthday, Darian. Thank you. So, are you going to run for president? You know what? I've actually fictitiously talked about doing that, but now the way Trump has run our country, and I'm not dissing the office of the president, I think I could do a pretty good job, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. There you go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, actually, it's funny. That was Marilyn Monroe and mm-hmm. um, singing that song. And, you know, I, I interviewed uh, Ole Gassini once in Los Angeles live. And to watch this man walk into the room, it was unbelievable. And then during the commercial breaks, uh, Ole died now a couple of years ago. But um, he was telling me stories about um, Marilyn Monroe awesome. and, and Jackie O. Um, because he was their designer and he used to design Jackie's outfits and of course Marilyn Monroe's dresses and so on and so forth and gowns. So fascinating man, fascinating yes. stories. So it's Agreed. a, it's a small world, you know, really is, but happy birthday, sir. Thank you. And I must say, man, I think with my older age and I just turned 45, I'm starting to have a thing for the older lady, man. I mean, when I look at Diana Ross, when she come on the screen or ladies in that era, I feel a certain type of way. Well, you know what it is? Women these days in their older ages are taking better care of themselves and looking better than they ever did before. Yep. Um, so, um, you know, and, you know, I think most people try to. Um, it's kind of that environment. But anyway, you know, so you're going after the Cougars. That's okay. But 844-305-7800. I knew she was going to come in. I just knew it. I am not a Cougar. I am a Puma. Yeah, Okay. You can get well, <laughs> happy birthday, Darian. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. 844-305-7800. When we come back, I'm going to give you a story. This is Talking Pets. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com A garden snail, a popular pet, is a small creature with simple needs. They may be our enemies, but apparently the giant snails are quite affectionate when they want to be. They can produce up to 12,000 eggs per year. That's a lot of kids. Aside from a few pet snails in terrariums, snails' parents don't usually look after their young. There have been reports of at least one snail living as many as 14 years in captivity, 
His name was George, and he lived in Hawaii in the United States. Giant African land snails, a popular species, are illegal. The United States Department of Agriculture has classified them as invasive because they eat crops. The largest known land gastropod is a recorded specimen of which measured 15.5 inches from snout to tail when fully extended, with the shell length of 10.75 inches in December 1978. It weighed about two pounds. Now, Augustophila dominicae snails can fit within the eye of a needle. This newly discovered snail species found in China may be the world's smallest land snail. The height of its shell is only 0.03 inches, making it a mere crumb of a creature. Some snails are legal only with the USDA permit. Often you can catch land snails in your garden or a wooded area to keep as pets. Now, around 5% of common garden snails in and around Sydney, Australia, contain larvae of the parasite commonly known as the rat lungworm. That's a significant problem for the rat and for the snails and slugs that are infected when they come into contact with larvae in the rat's feces. The use of snails as pets is not without risk, as their slime can carry E. coli and other dangerous bacteria like rat lungworm. Lungworms are dangerous because once ingested, they head to the brain where they can cause meningitis-type symptoms with damage and possible swelling to your brain. Some snails, like slugs and frogs, if consumed, can cause male health issues in dogs. Lungworm infestation can cause coughing as well as more severe respiratory problems such as bronchitis or difficulty breathing. Because cone snails are slow-moving, they use a venomous harpoon called a toxoglossin radula to capture faster-moving prey such as fish. The venom of a few larger species, especially the Pisularis ones, is powerful enough to kill a human being. To keep a pet snail, place it in a plastic tank or container that's lined with some potting soil, uh, moss, peat, or compost. Add some dried tree branches and bark inside so your snail has things to climb and hide under. Spray the inside of the tank with water twice a day so it stays moist. Don't add too many snails in a small space. They won't have enough algae to eat. Some foods that snails eat are eggshells or another calcium source, fruit and leaves of apple, apricot, artichoke, which is their favorite, by the way, aster, barley, beans, binwood, California boxwood, almost any cabbage variety, chamomile, carnation, carrot, uh, California, cauliflower, root celery, celery, ripe cherries, chives, citrus, clover, and cucumbers. Unlike humans, snails don't abide by the rules of night versus day sleep patterns. Generally, snails will sleep on and off in between periods of 13 to 15 hours. Afterwards, they experience a sudden jolt of energy for the next 30 hours, where they get all their snail chores done. Snails are hermaphrodites. Unlike you, garden snails can produce sperm, like males, and carry eggs, like females, at the same time. Snails can bite with their thousands of teeth, but due to the lack of force, it won't hurt at all. Instead, it feels like a tiny brush scraping your finger. In the right environment, snails can be great pets.
Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. Bob's my favorite snail. And I know he really loves me, loves me. He's the classiest snail you could ever hope to know. Oh, and I wish he didn't smell. But I know he can't help it, help it. He's lived in the same shell since I got him long ago. And if I ever need him, need him, all I have to do is call him. And I know he'll come running, running. Well, I guess he'll come crawling. So I guess I better call him about a week before I need him. So that I'll see him. So I don't think I would want to have, after reading that story, Yeah. I don't think I'd want to have a snail as a pet. Slimy things just don't turn me on. Sorry, <laughs> for a pet, it's kind of weird. I've had snakes. And I stuff am not going to touch that with a ten oh, foot pole. Stop it, JP. <laughs> anyway, um, anytime I think of a, a snail, though, I think of the Nautilus. You know, Disney, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, or, or Turbo, or, or Doctor Doolittle and his traveling around in his giant snail. Turbo, that was a snail. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a Disney picture. Um, but the thing is, I mean, I've used um, you know snails and stuff in in aquariums, like fish aquariums. Uh, to clean, I've used them to fish with. To clean. But, um, well, then people eat them, too. Escargot. I love escargot. Do you really? I love escargot. I don't know. Eating a snail? I mean, so, you remind me of someone out of China eating rats or bats. No. <laughs> Although, I probably, I wouldn't eat a rat, but I'd eat a bat if it was crispy. <laughs> Ugh. That's why we're in trouble. Oh, well, okay, not today. <laughs> For heaven's sakes. Anyway, you always pick on me because I'm a hunter. There's all different kinds of, um, you know, animals to have as pets, but make try to stick to dogs and cats. They need good homes. So if you can adopt a dog or cat um, from your area and uh, bring them home, give them a good home, uh, they deserve it. I got to tell you, though, I've been on the rescue sites lately because I've had some people asking me for specific dogs and going into like rescueme.org, which is one of my favorite sites. And there's not a lot out there, which is good. That means that everybody's got homes. Yeah, no, we've been reporting actually yep. that, um, you know, a lot of the shelters and stuff are empty. Yes. Um, because people were taking them home because people were tired of being home alone. Mm-hmm. And they're good companions. Yep. So, you know, well, once again, spay and neuter your pets help control the pet population. Uh, big thanks to Becky Robinson who joined us in this hour. And if you'd like to check out more about her organization, please do at alleycat.org. Um, and you can find out information about raising kittens, for instance, and the do's and don'ts of them, uh, which is extremely important, and I could tell you that from the bottom of my heart. Um, so definitely use some of her advice on that. But uh, again, there's a lot of good information on there and on our website as well at TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N-Pets.com. From myself, John Patch. And Jalyn Sidlow. We say goodbye for now. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.